Hey folks, Gavin Roth here with another episode of the Influencers of Sponsorship Marketing, sponsored by Elevant, makers of sponsorship software that track, evaluate, and manage all requests for partnerships. Learn more at elevant.co. You could say Jackie Ryan was destined to end up as Chief Brand and Commercial Officer of the Canadian Olympic Committee and CEO of the COC Foundation. From growing up in an Olympic family, to working as a ski instructor, to an internship at a top sports marketing agency, to leading the Olympic portfolio at RBC, and reshaping the philanthropy and sponsorship portfolio at Scotiabank. Well, you get the point. I met with Jackie to discuss that journey, some of the more noteworthy sponsorship initiatives she has worked on, Think Olympic Torch Relay and Scotiabank MLSE deal. And we also discuss her mentors and views on leadership. We chat about how that leadership was put to the test over these past two years and how the COC emerged in great shape. And we wrap with a look ahead to Beijing 2022 and some terrific professional development advice. I've wanted to have Jackie on the show since I started my podcast and the wait was worth it. A wonderful chat with an inspiring leader. I hope you enjoy. And for more episodes of the Influencers of Sponsorship Marketing, follow me on LinkedIn, visit Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, or check out RothRevenue.com. So, Jackie, thank you uh, again for doing this. It's great to see you and uh, appreciate your time. Great to see you. I'd, I'd love to see you live and in person again one day, but for now we'll have to we'll have to stick with virtual. What is that? You know, what's this live and in person? Don't yeah. don't mislead me here. Right? I know, I know. Yeah. Next spring. Yeah. <laughs> we I think the last time you and I saw each other might have been 2020 SMA judging. Uh, we yes. were in a big boardroom. Was mm -hmm. it at the NHL's offices? No, or it was at Wasserman. Wasserman's, I think, it? Wasserman's yeah. office. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. And we were sitting kind of, I think maybe our Ryan Roth at, at the end of the table. Yep. And that <laughs> might have been like a month or two before yeah. the world shut down. So it definitely was. Yeah. That was, yeah. Uh, that was the last, yeah, uh, large, you know, mid size event that I was at for sure. So it's nice right. to be, yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, it all closed down after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, but um, uh, lots to get to. And I know who um, the hardest working person in, in the industry is. And, and it's not you. It's your communications director because you've you've had, I mean, they're getting you gigs, you know, interviews. But listen, I'm not surprised having followed your career with tremendous interest, uh, why you've been so recognized uh, recently. Uh, I could stand, sit here and rhyme off all these acknowledgements, women of the year and most, one of the most influential women in hockey going back a bit and the CEO of the Olympic Foundation. Congrats yeah. on that. Thank you. I'm, uh, I feel so privileged. Yes. Yeah, so it's about um, two weeks into that job, but uh, it's just been uh, really exciting and it's a, it's a role that can just provide so much uh, impact uh, to the sports system. So I'm just really excited to see what we can do. Great, great. Well, let's get into it. Um, you know, the listeners uh, of this, uh, my humble uh, uh, following, you know, would be really inspired by uh, journeys such as yours. Uh, and just 
where you've ended up. But uh, and I was reading up, you know, the we share some common links. Uh, I never worked at Lang fully. I partnered with them later in my career, but yeah. you know, dear dear uh, friend of mine and mentor Chris, who recently passed. But I oh. saw you. You had uh, a stint there and uh, yeah. ski instructor, all that. But it, it take 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 us through the journey that got you to where you are. Yeah, no, I'd be, I'd be pleased to. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think I probably had a bit of an unusual journey, but uh, a fun one nonetheless. Um, you know, I, uh, gosh, where to start? So I've always, uh, and it served me well, I've only ever done what I wanted to do, what 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 I'm guided by, where my passion takes me. Uh, so certainly, uh, you know, in high school and university, that would have caused my parents some great concern, I think, because they couldn't fit. I didn't even know what my passion was, so I was all over the map. Uh, and But I did grow up, grow up in a sporting family. Uh, we played lots of sports. Um, skiing in particular. My sister is a two-time Olympic skier in freestyle skiing. So I've just oh. been around the Olympic movement my whole life. Um, yeah. So, I mean, what, what did a, an amazing vantage point given the, the, the career that I'm in now, but um, mm -hmm. anyway, so I yeah, went to Western, had a wonderful four years, lots of fun, uh, but that, you know, left Western, not entirely sure what I wanted to do. Uh, and I just packed my bags and I went out West and, uh, did what I loved doing at the time, which was uh, teaching and coaching skiing. So that led to nine years in Banff, in Whistler, New Zealand. I had a whole oh, lot of fun. New Zealand. Yeah. What a beautiful, beautiful yeah. country uh, and fabulous skiing. Yeah. People uh, wouldn't think that off the top, right? Uh, and yeah, I know it. Uh, yeah. I haven't been, but I've got friends and family. So good. Yeah, they're wonderful people, and if you're a skier, it's a, it's a, just an amazing place to go. It really, really, I do have a grudge against Kiwis because uh, I'm from South Africa originally, and and I'm a big Springbok uh, follower, and then you know our arch rivals are the All Blacks, who I have great respect for. We've had yes. the better of uh, lately, so. But I digress. I digress. Go. <laughs> you do uh, indeed. That's a whole other. I have, to, I have to jump in and take a shot at the All Blacks. You know, we don't get to do that. Again. Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so long career, long uh, time out west. Uh, lots of fun. Uh, worked hard. You don't get paid a lot as a ski instructor. Certainly mm. didn't back then. So I did everything from bartending to waitressing. But in particular, what I did that ended up kind of really helping me find my career was. I just put my hand up for everything at the ski resort, whether it was helping out the the you know public relations folks, whether it was skiing with uh, with the people that were coming to write articles about the mountain, whether it was going to work at trade shows, whether it was helping out with the kids camp, like just on and on and on, ticket selling, anything I get get my hands on. And um, lo and behold, there I learned that there's a whole business of sport that I had no idea existed. So um, so from there, I uh, looked into what that meant, business of sports, sport marketing in particular, and found my way uh, to the George Brown uh, Sport Marketing Program, uh, which, um, gosh, that was quite some time ago. But the benefit of that program is that you not only go to school, but you get to do this internship. And uh, for me, that was just amazing. I always, in my time out West, uh, in my early part of my career, I always wanted to work for Lang and Associates. They were the best sports marketing wow. agency in this country. Chris Lang is just, I mean, he was such an incredible man and such a mentor to everybody that was in his office that 
I really wanted to do my internship there. And so I did everything I could to make sure I got the interview uh, and um, was fortunate enough to um, to work there for my internship. Nice. And I have to tell you a little side story, if that's okay. So yes. you, I, I think you know that I'm really good friends with Shannon Hosford, who's yes. the marketing officer at MLSC. And you walk your dogs together, I read, yes. But <laughs> she was at George Brown, right, with you. <laughs> well, yes. that's just it. So we were in the George Brown program together. And, uh, of course, in the classroom, everybody, many people wanted to do their internship with Lang and Associates. And everybody knew they were down to two candidates. And, and so I get called in because I'm one of the candidates and so I'm all ready for my interview I'm sitting in the lobby I'm looking at my notes and I'm like I've got this and I hear my name so I stand up to head into my interview and who walks out of Chris Lang's <laughs> office but Shannon Hosford I'm like oh no uh, that's my competition I'm sunk this is never <laughs> happening <laughs> anyway uh they hired turned us out both. the other way they didn't get you know, both they didn't take they two isn't that amazing they hired both they hired so uh, not only did we uh, were we fortunate enough to work there together, but then we became best friends. So uh, that was a, a really amazing uh, opportunity and, and got to meet Shannon along the way. So anyway, learned so much from Chris Lang and uh, it was a wonderful place to to work um, and just really set me off on my career and really just um, the interest in uh, sports and sports marketing and sponsorship in particular was really peaked uh, there at Lang. Um, you might also know Dana Gladstone. I was her intern at Lang. I learned a ton from Dana, uh, who, uh, let me see if I can get her title right. She is now the, uh, what is Dana's title? She's the- Is she chief? Is she, is she chief commercial officer at Hockey Canada? No, she's, or senior VP of uh, partnerships at Hockey Canada. She runs the commercial yeah. and marketing. Yeah, the business. commercial side, yeah. And um, so I learned a lot from her. And um, anyway, so there, there's my sales pitch on the internship at George Brown. But um, anyway, wow. really helped launch my career. And so I went from Lang & Associates to McLaren Momentum, another amazing opportunity for me because the first job I had was to General Motors was my client and I ran their skiing and golf properties. So this also was like, hey, I know the skiing part. I'm just learning how, about sport business and about sponsorship, but uh, really was able to dig into my comfort zone to learn a whole lot more. Uh, and then uh, I got this call about this six month contract at RBC to work on uh, the Olympic portfolio. And I was like, I have to have that job. I had six months yeah. contract. I was working in a fabulous job at McLaren. I had a beautiful office. I was a full-time employee, benefits, the whole thing. Mm. And I was like, I have to go to RBC. I just, as a sport enthusiast, I just always wanted to work on the Olympics. So I uh, packed my bags and went up the street to RBC. Um, six month contract turned With into- With no guarantees of no anything guarantees. beyond it. Nope. Yeah. Didn't care. And Love did not risk. care. I wanted that yeah. so badly. Uh, so six months turned into twelve years. <laughs> <laughs> you were so, you hid hid away somewhere, right? They, yeah, exactly. no, not quite, not quite. I think that's where we first really, yeah. you know, met because uh, of my my involvement with the 2010 yes. consortium, Olympic consortium, mm -hmm. and uh, you were very prominent in you and Jim, uh, Jim Little, Little. <laughs> yeah. character. Oh. I tell you, he still, I use an analogy that he threw back at uh, as a meeting. You might have been in the room. Keith was there, Pelly, and um, and and we, we, as you may recall, we came with these gargantuan media, integrated media packages, right? Yeah. For each of the Olympic sponsors, you guys being so prominent among them. And, and Jim said, you know, guys, 
I love ice cream, but I don't need five scoops. <laughs> so I just love that, uh, and I use it a lot. So yeah, it's a, it's a it's a good one. It's funny. I remember if that's the meeting that I'm thinking of, it was the first time we'd met. You know, the Olympic Consortium, and and we had booked the biggest boardroom at RBC, <laughs> and you guys just traipsed in one after the other. From like there must have been. I don't know, 20 of you, like, so Keith Pelly, Natalie so, Cook, yourself, yeah, uh, yeah. gosh, yeah. who else was there? Everybody Strickland, was there. <laughs> Strickland, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, maybe Cimarroni. Cimarroni um, was there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, <laughs> you know what, God, God love it. I mean, we we were so damn full of ourselves. And uh, present company, I, um, I will say very, very clearly excluded. I was like, I'm looking around, like, at us in the office and when we go to meetings and like we had to change our tone and approach, right? We we just thought we had the greatest thing to take to, and uh, we had to, we changed our tone and approach and ended up doing some fabulous uh, deals and partnerships. But uh, yes. Well, and you <laughs> delivered like you delivered in space. Like that was and just an amazing yeah, media I, property. You, I know this isn't going to be a video version, but but they delivered, right? I've got the. Yeah. Uh, then tickets, uh, you know, uh, framed. I mean, the athletes did after a very shaky start, right? Remember? Yes. Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I can so see. Is that the, you've got Sydney Crosby goal right yeah, behind you, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was. Uh, I was fortunate to be there. I think you probably were too. What an well, amazing. That's, yeah, experience. it's a ticket in the framed in there, and and isn't it funny? Over the years, events like that have a way of the attendance ends up becoming a couple hundred thousand. Right, because uh, uh, everybody was there, but you and I, among the very lucky to be in that building. Yeah, it was an incredible experience. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so talk about that role a little bit, like yeah. you. Yeah. So yeah, so I again, I was hired on the Olympic portfolio six months as a contractor. Then they turned uh, turned me into an employee soon after that. Um, you know, was manager, senior manager, director, and I mean. For sure, the coolest thing I did there was run the 2010 Olympic and Paralympic sponsorship, uh, the 2010 Olympic and Paralympic torch relay going across the country from community to community. It was just such an amazing experience to to meet so many Canadians who were so committed to the Olympic movement and committed to, you know, just making their community a better place. It was uh, it was quite something. So from a sponsorship perspective, the job was uh, in 2005, so way in advance of 2010, was to mm. work with our finance department and actually write the business case as to why this this big investment was going to make sense. And, uh, and it was a $110 million investment. So we really had to figure out how to make this work. And that was really, really exciting. You know, someone who was a marketer at heart and then all of a sudden sitting with finance trying to make sense of this. Um, amazing, just amazing mm. experience. And at the time I was I think I was a manager, so just good on RBC to just throw me into a room full of very senior people trying to make this business case work because RBC was so committed to um, to you know remaining being an Olympic sponsor. And well, your longest running national partner, yeah. right? And, yeah. And uh, yeah. so there was no way you were going to miss out on no. that moment in your home country. But you're right, the investment levels. I, I said it to many people: the emotion that was involved in these uh, in those games from a corporate level. There was so much vested, invested, oh, yeah. you know, so you had to get it right. And I yeah. love hearing the these stories about how far back 
oh, the, yeah. the planning started, yeah. right? Yeah. Five years well, before. Because yeah, frankly, to, to to warrant an investment of that size, it has to be meaningful to the entire organization. And that, that actually is what makes uh, the Olympic sponsorship so successful for RBC. And it's a best cra- best practice in sponsorship that you make the investment that has to permeate permeate the organization. Like everything you do from, you know, your, your brand campaigns to your employee engagement to your client programs and your uh, retail facing uh, merchandising, everything uh, has to really embrace that investment and make sure that it's working hard for you. And that's uh, that was the basis of the business case, frankly. And that's, in fact, what we did. So yeah, and banks do that better than just about anybody else when it comes to sponsorship, <laughs> taking it across yeah. the the. The business. Uh, so what a what a great experience for you, right? To yeah. as you say, you so learned so much. I learned so much and had a fabulous time. And um, you know, it's uh, RBC is an amazing organization. As you mentioned, they are the longest standing uh, sponsor of uh, the Canadian Olympic Committee. But in fact, they're actually the longest standing corporate sponsor of a National Olympic Committee in the world. Anywhere, incredible. Isn't that amazing? That's, Since 1947. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And it's, it's it was as simple at the time is that uh, there was a call to the president of RBC at the time that said, hey, we, we can't the head of the Olympic movement said we, we can't we can't afford to get the hockey team to the to the games. Can you help us out? And and RBC said we are in. And that that began the whole relationship. Right. Just that sense of commitment and uh, really, you know, standing up for Team Canada and help Canadians, uh, you know, find that inspiration. So it is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and just briefly, uh, uh, that the asset that you or the ownership of that torch relay, I, I can't imagine many games where that has more significance, given the unique nature of this country and geography of this country and the significance and the coast to coast to coast and the journey. And you guys were, and it was you and Coke, right, yes. were the only two brands really with the rights to leverage it. What mm-hmm. an amazing because banks and communities and the torch relay in communities. Yeah, well, that's just it. RBC is in every community in this country and, and so was the torch relay. And so it was amazing to, you know, to get out there with with our clients and, and our community partners and, and really bring the Olympics to your point, coast to coast to coast. It was uh, really a wonderful experience. And it felt like the Olympics were, in fact, right across the country and not just in Vancouver. And, well, uh, you know, from a from a marketing perspective and uh, you know, and these are, these are Jim Little's words. Uh, Our strategy was to win before the games even begin. So, you know, this Mm. well, Gavin, but there are so many, there are many Olympic partners, right? And so the partners are all there trying to do the best for their business. And in Vancouver, it was so competitive. There were very, very large marketing budgets in terms of trying to drive the, the brand's objectives. And because RBC was the sponsor of the Olympic torch relay, along with Coca-Cola, uh, we were first out, right? So that's what we figured. There's going to be, you know, a lot of sponsors spending a lot of money. How do we make sure we come out as number one in terms of awareness of being an Olympic sponsor? Uh, and so, in fact, that was the strategy. Let's make sure that we go hard on the Olympic torch relay, win there. And so by the time the games start, we'll be known as number one. And then and then the games begin. Uh, and it worked. Uh, so right. And when the games really, begin, really as you say, it becomes yeah. so noisy. Yeah. Uh, last question on that before we shift to your next gig. Um, how did you, how did RBC get the relay, torch relay, or the, those rights? Was that part of an early discussion with Van Ock, sat down and they said, 
you know, here's here's the asset and here's the price. And, you know, did you have a, a window where or did that just go to market and you guys bid without giving away trade secrets? You know, it's a great question. And I'll tell you that I was on maternity leave when the decision was made. So what I can tell you is that when we uh, initially so as, as you, you know, you well know, back in 2005, it was uh, 2005, 2006, it was a competitive bid to become the financial partner of Yes. We won that bid. So that was the overall sponsorship of the Olympic and Paralympic uh, Games in Vancouver. And then the torch relay opportunity came along later. I would say late uh, 07, uh, 2007. And so um, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't actually know how it happened. But because we were, uh, you know, we were one of the first partners with Van Ock. Uh, and so the process, I'm not certain. Um, yeah. But uh as soon as the opportunity was provided to RBC, hands up, sure, this, yes. there, there couldn't be a better fit to your previous point, right? That RBC is in every community in this country, and so was the Torch Relay. So yeah, from there, yeah. we built the marketing program, and off we went. Cool. Yeah. And then uh, then hockey entered the picture. I mean, and RBC was involved in hockey in yes. different ways, oh, yeah. but yeah. but not uh, and and not to say <laughs> Scotia. Uh, all you did was hockey. You had a very broad arts, and mm-hmm. but uh, but uh, it's synonymous certainly with 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 hockey now. Um, talk about talk about that role, how it came about, you know, yeah. what you did. So when I was uh, basically the way it came about is I was still at RBC. It was, uh, was it late 2011. Um, I was. Uh, running the donations area. So I had gone over, so I was, I'd left the sponsorship department, Olympics, uh, the 2010 Olympics had moved on. Um, and um, so I was given this opportunity to work in the foundation department, understand how donations work. So off I went, I was learning a ton, loved that opportunity. The RBC Foundation uh, just gives so much uh, investment into the community and really does make a big difference. And so I was loving that. And then a recruiter called. So, I, you know, you get these fortunate opportunities in your career, not that often, but that call. Uh, I, I remember, I'm, you know, I remember him, the recruiter calling and he was telling me about the job and I was like, yeah, and I, I I can say this. Hope I can say this to you. I'm I'm not a I'm a pretty humble person, but I was like, you know, I'm the best person for the job, right? <laughs> and he said, well, well, so I've heard, so that's why I'm calling. Uh, yes, yeah, I'm sure that's why they were calling exactly. You know, it was just kind of like just lining up everything that that were the experience that I had and the areas that I really wanted to learn about. So it was just such a huge opportunity for me to learn, and it's um, you know, it's hard. I'm a very loyal person. It was really hard to cross the street to use the analogy. You've been there like, a long time, right? Uh, so I've been at, at RBC point. 12 years. Yeah. And it was, they're, they're a great organization. So it was not an easy decision to make. Um, no. Especially going to another FI, right? Another bank, right? So yeah. they were wonderful. The interview process was wonderful. The job itself was wonderful. So I was hired as the vice president of sponsorship and partnerships. And so the partnership started that was to run the scene loyalty program. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, which again is amazing. A uh, highly successful program for Scotiabank, a very a definitely a differentiator in the category, and uh, and then to run the sponsorship portfolio and um, and to build a new strategy uh, for the sponsorship portfolio. So, like, what an amazing opportunity! So off I went. Um, you're gonna laugh. That's Shannon Hosford calling me right now. <laughs> She's asking if I want to go for a dog walk. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Anyway, um, so uh, so over I went uh, and um, 
had the good fortune of being able to hire a few key people uh, and working with our agency to really build a strategy from the ground up, which, as you mentioned, uh, had a concerted focus on hockey, was not exclusively hockey, but um, the, you know, basically the, the main focus was uh, for, for all Canadians in terms of the target audience was was um, investing in hockey to um, really help, um, you know, kids have an opportunity and access to hockey in a way that they might not otherwise and really, you know, experience that feeling of being part of a team. So and and, and we yeah. all tend to see the the pro level manifestation, but the bulk of the work you guys did and and still do the team there is at that grassroots junior kids. Oh, that's the magic, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that that's where you make the impact for sure. Absolutely. So, yeah, so that was eight years at Scotiabank. Um, you know, we did lots of things, uh, but you know, certainly one of the things that the the team was that you know we were all most proud of was was the Scotiabank Arena deal. Um, so, tell me, that, didn't hear, no, didn't hear about that. No, 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 no. I'll read it. I'll Google that after. Yes, <laughs> that little deal that that messed it up for every other property because they're like, wait a second, if you can get forty million a year. Why can't we be getting 40? Okay, cool your jets here. It's like, cool your jets. You'll get your big deals. Yeah. Well, you know, the values there in spades. So, I mean, obviously, I I can't give you the details of the business case, but it's certainly uh, was just such a perfect fit for Scotiabank. And as you can see, they're doing a wonderful job uh, making sure that they derive the value and and drive impact uh, with hockey and and basketball with um, with uh, Tangerine, the other brand that uh, that Scotiabank owns. So uh, it is also a bottle there in 19. That's for sure. What's that? They caught lightning in a bottle in oh, 2019 indeed. in that early stage of that partnership uh, with yeah. with that that venue being in the global headlines with the Raptors yeah. run to the yeah. title. Wow, how yeah. lucky. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah. And then you shifted while you were there from partnerships to really focusing more on the philanthropy side, right? So the job there, yeah, about halfway through was to bring uh, philanthropy and sponsorship closer together. So, um, I mean, the strategies were similar. There were different departments, um, lots of efficiencies there in terms of uh, making sure that the impact together is driving, uh, the invest investment together is driving greater impact, sort of one plus one is three. So kind of bringing the strategies together and making sure that the, the investment was working hard for the communities that Scotiabank is in. Um, so uh, again, another amazing opportunity and, you know, you're talking about, um, you know, Scotiabank giving 80, $90 million, uh, into the community every year in the communities where they do business. Right. So making sure that those dollars are working really, really hard to drive a return. So it was amazing. So so how does that, um, is there without putting it on the spot, but how how that then connects with sponsorship to make that one plus one equals three. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you elaborate a little bit on on how yeah, you would pull those sure. together? Yeah. yeah, a few different ways. So um, you know, starting with the investments. So if you so over on one side on the sponsorship side, as you mentioned previously, really the focus was was on kids community hockey to make hockey more accessible uh, and inviting to kids. Uh, across the country here in Canada. And from uh, a donations perspective, there's a real opportunity there to make sure that the donation funds also 
support kids community hockey and so together there's more impact you can make you can measure the impact over time it's sustainable it's long term and so that's really where the opportunity looked worked from an investment perspective and then from a marketing communications perspective it's one story not two right so that you're really focusing on marketing on saying the same thing everywhere you go and this is why Scotiabank has done so well by focusing on hockey because it drives their brand equity. It drives differentiation in a highly competitive and commoditized uh, sector of banking. And, um, and uh, you know, consumers who are aware of Scotiabank's um, sponsorship and investment in hockey, uh, the brand equity numbers are through the roof and they're three and a half times more likely to consider Scotiabank for a banking product. So yeah, the results pretty, are there. Pretty, yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah, so I guess it's a case of before maybe that giving strategy wasn't as focused uh, and your sponsorship strategy before wasn't as focused. Now you're bringing them both into this hyper-focused and you're just it's all it's all gonna create more meaningful impact yeah, if if, well said. if with, with all that revenue yeah no that's yeah. great yeah cool so then how did uh how did uh, another recruiter found you and uh, with <laughs> another this great phone call <laughs> yes yeah yes so um you, well, you know, gotta I, be doing something right uh you know for getting the call so so good on you and i know you're very humble so uh but uh so coc opportunity comes yeah. along Right. Well, you know, and it's funny when I when I uh, accepted the job and I, you know, it was announced, people were like, well, of course, that's like the perfect job for you. And, and so it was it just is and was and continues to be. So, as I mentioned, you know, I grew up in an Olympic family. Uh, amateur sport has always been a huge passion of mine. The 12 years at RBC working on the Olympic portfolio, just really this just sort of brought so many of my interests and passions and purposes together. Um and so I started this role in August of 2019. So I'm the chief brand and commercial officer for the Canadian Olympic Committee. And so what that means is I oversee the, the uh, marketing partnership division, which is uh, working with our 37 existing marketing partners, bringing on new partners as it makes sense, helping them build out their Olympic activation programs. Um, commercial rights management, which is which is protecting our brand, so that um, our partners are provided uh, with exclusive to be the exclusive sponsor of Team Canada, and so we do everything we can to protect their exclusivity and protect the Olympic brand in Canada. Nobody uh, does it better, right? Protecting those IP rights than, mm-hmm. than yeah. the Olympics and in the national yeah. bodies, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I might just take a quick left turn there because I think that part's important that, that we're not just protecting the brand for the sake of protecting the brand. Our partners, so we're a private, mostly we're about 99% privately funded organization, which many people don't know. And our partners drive the majority of that revenue. And then 70% of that revenue goes right back into the sports system. So without our partners, we wouldn't be able to invest in the sports system. And yeah. so our partners coming along with us to help us on our journey, which our purpose is to transform Canada through the power of sport. Our partners are so committed to that. So we need to make sure that we're protecting the value that they pay for. Um, yeah, well said. They are fundamental to our business. So yeah, so so that is why we have that uh, commercial rights management arm of our business. Um, so moving on to then also brand marketing. So you know how our marketing campaigns that we put out into the public, um, creating our brand narrative, our brand story, measuring our brand equity so we know how we're growing or not uh, and the brand continues to grow in Canada uh, continues to grow uh, you know we hit huge huge uh, strength in 2010 that the team Canada and Canadian Olympic brands in Canada um, 
but we're just continuing to grow and grow springboard, and grow. So. Right. That was such a springboard. But now what yeah. do you do? And yeah. there was this there was this thought and worry, I think, with many in the Olympic movement that how do you where do you go from there? Right. And and you guys have just gone from strength to strength and uh, mm-hmm. your marketing initiatives be Olympic, you know, yes. very recently. Just just great, yeah. great work. Uh, Thank you. Uh, pausing on that for a second, be Olympic. Uh, is there any like how did that manifest who 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 in a boardroom said you know be olympic don't say you okay it wasn't me <laughs> yeah i i uh, i am absolutely not the architect of that it was before my time uh, but i'm so committed to that i just really think that um you know that's precisely what olympic athletes and team canada does for us it inspires us all to be olympic to find that really amazing part of us that we didn't even know existed and uh you know you just think about the inspiration that uh, that we saw this this summer in Tokyo, right? Like the finally in this 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 very difficult time of COVID, the world comes together and the games bring this sort of hope and inspiration that gosh, we all needed. And uh, there are just so many stories coming out of the games that Always. that uh, you know, if you think of the there are so many stories, but the the women uh, the women's soccer team and. Uh, you know, I think we'll. I know we'll always all remember where we were when we were watching that uh, that game and mm. uh, the inspiration that it provided us all at the time and reminded us all that, that that we can all be Olympic, that we can really find that within ourselves and find our very best and and really make a difference. And so they inspired us in the moment. Then, but they've inspired you know the future, the the the, the young girls mm. that had a chance to see you know, representation on the soccer pitch, that that's what I want to do one day. And and it's just really those types of stories are really what are building the equity in our brand. It's all about the Olympic athletes and the inspiration and the motivation that they that they bring. And it it ultimately it it certainly in Tokyo this past summer, it kind of brought us all together as Canadians, right? It brings that yeah. sense of unity and, and again, that sense of hope that we uh, definitely all needed. <laughs> I, I, I got asked just because, you know, being in sports marketing and having some ties with the Olympics, um, you know, by, by friends, family, colleagues, uh, what do you think should they be doing? You know, there was a lot of this chirping. Should, should the games be going on? I said, you know what, like there's always noise leading up to the games. And when the games happen, we all just get completely swept away and caught up in the power. And I said, of course it should happen. And these amazing athletes who have been training their lives and um, they'll put it on in a safe and responsible way. And we will just eat up the the stories. And we did. Uh, So yeah, yeah, it was awesome. I I love it. And, and another one, and another one right around the corner. My I know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Are you seeing the stress on my face right now? <laughs> that's yeah. why I'm so grateful you're you're fitting this in. But uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit about that. So yeah. Um, so yeah. It, it, what do you? How do you spend your? How do you, as a leader uh, in this role with all that going on? How do you tackle your days? How do you tackle your weeks? How do you stay organized? and focused on the right things. 
Well, that's a keyword focus for sure. Um, I mean, a couple of things, and as you mentioned, I just uh, you know two weeks ago started another new role. So I, I continue to be the chief brand and commercial officer of the COC, but then I'm also now the CEO of the Canadian Olympic Foundation, which just provides so much more opportunity to to really help um, <clears throat> to give an opportunity for Canadians to invest in sport and drive drive impact in in our purpose. So. By you know, the way, think, you've clearly figured out how to. Uh, you, your day has more than 24 hours, so if yeah. you can find, if you can <laughs> share that story, like my day only has 24 hours, your day obviously has more. Uh, so, good on you. I don't know where you're fitting it in, but yeah, well, carry on. Yeah. You know, because it's not, it's not just me, right? Like I have a fabulous team, and. You know, success comes from believing in people, believe in your team. Uh, you know, I really think my job is to to help inspire people, come up with some ideas, maybe help strike a vision, but then hand it over to the people on my team who lead those various divisions. And they do. And, you know, my job is to just help them focus to your point. That's really, really important. Help provide some inspiration and stand back and let them shine. And that's truly how I work. And frankly, it's just how I, I work naturally. I think that's what what every employee would like to have. Like you, you most people would like autonomy to to really bring their own uh, creativity to to land the idea themselves and not be told here go do this. Like that's not how you know. That's just really not a uh, a productive work environment. So I'm very much about that. I just help guide. I well, help I know you are, and, and I'll tell you. Over. I'll tell the the a quick little story on that. Is I try to have you on this. Uh, podcast a couple years ago, maybe mm -hmm. probably even a little bit more than that, when you were yeah. at Scotiabank and you did a very Jackie Ryan thing. You said, you know what, Lisa Ferkel would be the right person. And you just gave a member of your team, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the the opportunities, probably because you didn't want to speak to me, you were too busy. But no. but you, we, we positioned it as, I'm going to know. It was just, I, I, I took great note of that. I love seeing leaders empower their team and good on you. So I'm not surprised that uh, that continues to be um, your your motto or part of your MO. I think that's the right thing to do. And I mean, it I is. think that that uh, Lisa Ferkel, I mean, just the most wonderful person and and absolutely the architect of that hockey portfolio. So yeah, sure, so I could talk not? about it all day long, but you, you really want to hear from Lisa, right? So and I think that that's uh, I think that's important to get people that opportunity and uh, and uh, so whenever I can, I, I certainly do. Um, and so that, that, that's how I find my way through my day. I'm not going to lie. It, it can be quite busy right now just with the Tokyo Games and now yeah. on to Beijing. But we're also committed. We're doing meaning, meaningful work. And our job is to, you know, help get Team Canada athletes to the Games. And we're going to do everything we can to do that and then get, engage Canadians in the inspirational stories of these athletes so that we can all be inspired to be Olympic one day. So speaking of inspiration, just maybe some of the leaders, you know, mentorship is a big theme. And I, I've read about you. You've spoken about mentorship in some of your mm -hmm. recent interviews. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's so important to uh, talk about people you've you know, been inspired by and helped build you up along the way. And maybe just your views on mentorship. Yeah, you know, it's funny, uh, it took me a long time to sort of understand what mentorship was and to even realize that people were mentoring me or that I was actually mentoring people. It's, it's, yes. it's, uh, it, it took me a while to figure this out. I'm not entirely sure why, but because I think that... No, you're right. It not, happens organically. Yeah, it totally does. And it's not a straight line or a straight definition of what it really means, right? There's just 
so many mentors in my life. And 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 I, I mean, I think some of my feedback would be that anyone who shows interest in your career, just let them in. And and it doesn't matter what level you're at. Like you can be early in your career, mid, later in your career. People would love to hear what you're doing and love to hear what you've learned and what inspires you. And and uh, and so for many years, I didn't even realize I was mentoring people. I just would be having coffee with people. And next thing I know, I was like, oh, I think we're in a mentor relationship here, right? And so- Or they tell formal. you years later, I bump into you yeah. and they say that thing you said to me or that what oh, inspired me. And that's an amazing thing to hear, right? Yeah. You don't realize it. Yeah. Well, and I, I have, I, I can name five or six people that did that for me. And I absolutely can tell you exactly what they said, where they said it, when they said it and what it did for me. Right. So I think mentorship is formal. It's informal. It could be any stage of your career. Like I said, um, there's always someone who would love to hear what's going on with you. Right. And so but that's, think, on that point, I, I, I think a lot of people don't believe that. Uh, of themselves, right? Like there's, they yeah. say, well, I don't want to reach out because who would want to, you know, I'd be interrupting them. So I love that you're saying oh, that. And it takes yeah. a, takes being brave, reaching yep, out. It certainly does. And yep. you'll find people who do want to mm -hmm. hear your story and do want to kind of help you. Right? Oh, absolutely. No, I, I think so. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's, you asked me about, you know, specific mentors and, uh, and uh, we already talked about him, but I have to mention him again, and that's Jim Little. So when I was at RBC, he was my boss. Um, and he, this is a really good example of my not realizing I was being mentored. So he was my boss. Uh, we did great work together. And um, I remember there was a particular moment. And like I said before, I know when it was where we were. We were on Granville Street in Vancouver going for a walk. And because Jim said, we need to go for a walk. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but yikes, let's go. And, you know, and he, instead of criticizing me and being difficult, he sort of, as Jim does, sort of, you know, he's sort of the, the, the prophet walking around downtown Vancouver, telling me stories and, and just really asking me questions, being really, really curious about how I was feeling about cool. things and how things were going. And I didn't realize that, that, that he was actually just trying to pull out of me things that I needed to hear. Uh, and so that particular moment for me made me realize that 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 um, you need to be open to feedback from mentors and that feedback doesn't have to be critical. It's just or punitive. It doesn't mean you've done this wrong. So so I'm going to do this to you. It's, it's just someone's taking a genuine interest in your career and nudging you in one way or another. And so really the, the, he made such a meaningful impact on my career just by doing that. So like, have a listen when someone's talking to you, they're, they're definitely, um, you know, they're, they're helping to, to mold your career and provide you feedback. Sometimes it's indirect, sometimes it's direct, but it isn't always critical either. But, uh, you know, for me, you know, it was, it was simple as um, he was basically saying, enjoy the moment, Jackie. Like this is a massive program. It's very difficult. There's only 24 hours in a day. There's so much that you have to do here, but just stop and enjoy the moment. Look for did you. He sense you. Did he sense you were like just getting stressed by? I was. Yeah. 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 And I'm, I'm, like, I'm, a, to recognize I'm a planner. That. I'm like, put your head down, get the work done yeah. naturally. I have to always remind myself to pull my head up and look around. Yeah. And that's what he was doing. Good That's for him. Yeah, love it. So he had a focus to that walk. Uh, like, yeah. it wasn't just let's go stretch our legs. He wanted yeah. to help oh, you, absolutely. pull you out of, yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. 
Yeah. Uh, one or two other without, you don't need to get into specifics, but just yeah. names you want to mention. Yeah, I, I think an another one, certainly when I first arrived at Scotiabank, different culture, didn't know anybody after having built like lots of relationships at RBC. So you kind of show up at the party and you don't know anybody. Uh, and so I had, uh, you know, bumped in, bumped into a, a senior vice president who was, uh, he was actually, he was based in Calgary uh, and uh, in a meeting and he seemed to take an interest. And so I just called him after the meeting and said, hey, I'm new here. Would you like to be my mentor? I'd never <laughs> done that in my career. And he was like, no. sure. And yeah. uh, what know, do I do? How much am I? How, yeah, what are you paying me? <laughs> no. Well, no, but but uh, actually, I'm probably good, way too long winded here. But can I tell you a quick story about that? What oh. I learned about that too is that I he said to me, he said, I'd love to be your mentor, and let me give you a little bit of feedback. And I said, okay, what's that? He said, Jackie, when you call me, he said, I know you're organized. I know you're going to have all the data. You're going to have a recommendation. You're going to have everything teed up. So all I need to do is give you my quick feedback, yay or nay, and off we go. He said, I don't worry about that. He said, take a minute and ask me how I'm doing. Ask me how my weekend was. I was just so worried because he was so senior and yes. so busy. I jump thought I've got to be efficient with this time. I'm going to jump right in, get the recommendation done, get his approval and get off the phone. And he's like, you're going to do all that. But ask me how my weekend was. And oh, that no. is amazing feedback. Uh, and, you know, I just took that with me. I still take that with me today. I think it's really important feedback. Good for you. Good for you. Um, let's, uh, yeah, we, and I apologize. I know we're going to, I'm going to burn through more time than I, uh, but there's, <laughs> as, as, uh, that's what I love about these. They just tend to be natural, free-flowing conversations, but yeah. with a bit of a structure. Yeah. Uh, so the next next thing is like, yeah, I'd love to just pivot to sponsorship initiatives, campaigns that you've uh, been a part of that just, you know, it's it's so hard. It's like saying, pick your favorite child. I know who <laughs> mine is. Um, you know, it's the one who's bringing me, you know, a, a lunch of her coffee. If I'm busy on that particular day, I'll tell her you're my favorite now. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but no, tell tell me about some, you know, initiatives that you're particularly proud of. Well, for certain, um, most recently, very proud of the fact that we've announced that Lululemon is now the official outfitter of Team Canada. So cool. Uh, just so amazing, such a perfect fit. Um, and I mean, I think that that's precisely how how we, we came to be partners, right at the heart of this, that it just feels right. We have this shared purpose, and that is to inspire and unite and transform Canada through sports. Uh, and we, you know, we just... Re aligned on that right away and then it was just so obvious what the partnership needed to look like so so they're our official uh, outfitters so that means they are a sponsor of team canada right through to la 2028 uh, top to bottom accessories you must go in store or online and just check out all the amazing team canada gear uh, it's been inspired by team canada athletes and so you, you know, count on the fact that the fit is right, the technology and the innovation, it's all there. It's all built on what the athletes need and what they're looking for. Um, so we launched it in October uh, and there'll be lots of product drops leading up to Beijing, but then you'll see the athletes uh, arrive at opening ceremonies in uh, Team Canada gear. So yeah, it's amazing. And one of the really cool initiatives that we've also done with them, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's called the Future Legacy Bag. And what that is, it's a give back program. So 10% uh, of the sales of this bag 
uh, go right back to the Canadian Olympic Foundation and the Paralympic Foundation of Canada. And so this is a really, really core component of our partnership. And it's a chance for all Canadians to show their Team Canada pride while also supporting uh, Team Canada athletes directly on their journey to the Games. So we're really, really excited about that product. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, and, so, and, and purpose-driven partnerships, right? Like that's become, it, it's just almost table stakes now. And uh, I've always viewed sponsorship as a, as a wonderful platform to amplify a CSR initiative. Um, yeah. And, and brands need to show up these days with some sort of, you know, social responsibility, give back, pay it forward. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it's great to hear that aspect of this uh, and not surprised with you involved in their brand um, and the COC in general. It's uh, I'm sure everybody figured that part out early. It's just a, a really natural fit. And you make a good point there because, again, our purpose is to transform Canada through the power of sport. And it's amazing through, you know, very challenging circumstances with COVID that um, it time and time again, as we were, you know, closing our offices and heading home and trying to find a way forward. And then the games are postponed. Every single one of our corporate partners called us and said, what can we do? Stuck with us, still with us today. It was amazing. And it's because we have this shared purpose that what we're doing together is very, very meaningful. And uh, to see that kind of support, uh, it just really touched me, really moved me and really makes me feel proud of, of the work that we do and the work that our partners do to help these athletes in so many different ways through COVID and then stick with them all the way to the games. It's amazing Good to for watch. You. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's making me think on the 7th, I'm speaking with somebody you know very well on a the sponsorship forum panel, Andrea Shaw um, and uh, Jana Mazowich and um, um, Brent, yeah, Brent is, is moderating Brent Baruti's and, and one of the questions is about, you know, the, the impact of COVID on partnerships and, and what I've already prepared is exactly what you were just talking about is it's yeah. really shone a light on the importance of strong relationships. We could talk about everything else, but yeah. when you have great partnerships, the, the those are the ones that weathered have weathered the COVID storm and properties like the COC and teams and leagues, yeah. uh, those partners haven't walked away. And uh, it's really the, the where there's a weak foundation, yeah. maybe those conversations were a little bit more acrimonious. So mm-hmm. yeah, you said it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're very yeah. fortunate. And uh, yeah, so we're, um, you know, we're super proud of Lululemon as our new official outfitter. Our partners uh, are at the core of our business. And uh, and yeah, really, really proud of that. Good, good. Um, I'm sure there's many others, but you know what? I want to I, I want to make a, uh, efficient <laughs> use of your time. Ta- it, it, you touched on the next question, which is really mm-hmm. about the challenges of these past couple of years and working with partners. So maybe just your your thoughts on what it's been like. And you 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 already touched on a big part of that mm-hmm. on how they've been with you and stuck with you and called you up and said, hey, we're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, who hasn't have a, had a heck of a two years, right? So it's it's been it's been really difficult. Um, when I look back to so March of 2020, when we uh, we all packed up and headed home, uh, and um, we Team Canada had to make the very difficult decision not to send uh, to choose not to send the Team Canada athletes to the games that summer 
Um, we made the decision, and then two days later, the IOC did, in fact, postpone the games so that they occurred this past summer in 2021. Um, very difficult decision, but the right decision. You know, the I team Canada that. athletes were, you know, they were, they were saying, look, we're we're finding ourselves in a situation where we're needing to train and compete, but we're putting ourselves, our communities, our coaches, our family at risk. And we just, this is not right. We can't do this. And so we listened to the athletes held, as you could just imagine, numerous board meetings all weekend long that weekend to make the final decision Huge that, that decision. would not uh, send the send the athletes to the games. And then and then, you know, it's amazing what happened from there. So that was uh, that occurred over the weekend, a Saturday and Sunday. Uh, and um, I remember um, reaching out to my team saying, well, we're, you know, we're gonna have to communicate this to the public at large. And what shall we do? And of course, there was going to be a press release and, and everything else. And then um, and then the digital and the marketing team just grabbed a hold of this opportunity uh, to make sure that the athlete's decision um, not to go was not made in vain. So let's leverage the voice of these athletes and encourage Canadians to stay home, be safe, be well, and let's get through this. And so mm. my team came up with the We Are All Team Canada campaign. <laughs> and, oh, it was just beautiful. Amazing. And, you know, performed exceptionally well. Not only did it help Canadians and, uh, you know, encourage Canadians to stay home, it gave the athletes a platform to leverage their voice for good. Uh, and then serendipitously did wonderful things for our brand. Our brand equity went through the roof. Canadians were 99% in support of us making this decision to not send the athletes. Um, you know, uh, we had, gosh, we had anybody from Ryan Reynolds to uh, <laughs> Peter Mansbridge to Haley Wickenheiser engage with us on social. He's saying, yes, we're with you. It was just. Uh, That's powerful you know, stuff. It was very, very powerful. Van City Reynolds, uh, if you've got uh, the hottest, oh, you know, yeah. social media. Highlight of my career, and I didn't even post the, the digital content. It was the digital team. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it was a really but tough decision. example, doing, doing yeah. the right thing just, it starts there. It doesn't yeah. need to be have any other, but it's always been proven to just be good for business as well. Yeah. And that let that be a wonderful byproduct, but start by just doing exactly. it right. Uh, yeah, because yeah, I mean, I think I think inherently as humans, we always know what the right thing to do. It's just sometimes it takes some bravery and so you just really have to lean in on that and then manage the implications as they come, right? So we just took that as our, as our beacon then. So health and safety, was the number one objective, number one priority for absolutely everything we did up to and including getting the athletes to the games and back home again. Uh, and so it led everything we did. And so the athletes just were tremendously successful in Tokyo. But interestingly, we were always focused on just making sure they were healthy and safe. And, um, and that served us well. Same thing for our staff, absolutely. Just making sure that everybody felt supported, felt healthy, felt safe, felt that they, um, you know, had the support of the leadership team to find our way through this, these circumstances that no one knew what to do. Uh, and so we just really leaned in on that, made sure that we had a focus and off we went. And, and my team was just so committed to making sure that we just did the very best we could, supported these athletes, uh, engaged our partners, and, uh, and provided, you know, some nice storytelling for Canadians to, to, 
you know, lean in on this and be part of this inspiration. And like I said, the games brought a sense of hope that uh, that we all really, really needed. So um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So and 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 other stories from from um, Tokyo. Maybe you know, we talked about the women. Anything that mm-hmm. kind of stood out uh, from that uh, from those magical seventeen days. Gosh, there were so many. Uh, you know, I don't, Maggie McNeil, Penny Laksiak in oh, the pool. Oh, the swimmers! Uh, my the women in general. Always been my favorite Olympic sport. To be honest, is swimming. Yeah. I love. So dynamic, right? Oh, love it. It's just yeah. it's it's compelling athleticism, and uh, yeah. and we we always tend to have some some uh, amazing stories, especially the 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 last the last few Olympics. Yeah. Well, and for Canadians too, just right out of the blocks there, there was just so many great stories that women were doing so well. And so that really helped us all again in a really difficult time back to We Are All Team Canada as our campaign, right? Just that, gosh, we really needed this. And and the athletes just delivered in spades. So the women in the pool, the women overall, the story, uh, I really think that the, the growth opportunity, the inspiration that these women will provide to help grow uh, women and girls in sport in the future is tremendous. And that's a mm. huge area that that really, that needs investment, uh, needs inspiration. Um, and so th- that is something for me that I will always take away from the games. Oh, uh, I love it as a father of daughters. And, and it's mm-hmm. silly to say that that's why you, you either are inherently, you know, value the right things or you don't, but it certainly helps when I've got uh, amazing um women around me and reminding me and so i've always paid attention to this fact that our female athletes um are so dominant at the games and 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 it's made me get into these philosophical like why it's not just by accident like what is it about canada and clearly we give women here in this country we give everybody opportunity uh, and sport is one of those. What are your views on why it is that every couple of years the Canadian women shine so much? You know, I'm sure there, there's just so many factors that would go into that, right? But I, I think I think what Canada does well, but but we can do better, is mm. is provide access and opportunity to your previous point for everyone to make sure that sport is inclusive and that everybody has that opportunity. Uh, that isn't the case yet in Canada. Not everybody has the opportunity, but I can tell you that's, that's, you know, when we talk about our purpose to transform Canada through the power of sport, I can tell you that that is where we're going to make sure we're investing as much as we can to make sure that, that, that anybody feels like there's an opportunity to to play and that there's um there are programs that encourage them to stay in sport because it really that that's what matters that we want canadians to play but we want them to stay in sport and sometimes if you don't see yourself in that sport you don't feel represented then you might not feel like you're part of it so we do everything we can to make sure that uh that there's access and opportunity and i think there's even more to be done there yeah, well said. So as you look look ahead, what what interests you? What excites you? There's so much uh, you know ahead in 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 the Olympic movement and your role and um, just it can take you anywhere. This question, but but what what opportunities and developments kind of excite you? Well, uh, you know, I am so fortunate. I absolutely love my job. I love mm-hmm. uh, working with my team um, to, to, you know, as I said, transform Canada through the power of sports. So I know that we're just going to do some amazing things together to make sure that 
Canadians have access and opportunity in sport that we as many Canadians as possible can can you know feel the benefits of of what sport can do for your life the inspiration it can provide um, what it means to be Olympic and that we can all find that within ourselves and so you know, I'm really hoping in Beijing we can build on the success of Pyeongchang from 2018. Um, but I also do recognize it's been a really, really tough two years. Uh, so just, you know, providing as much support we can for the winter sport athletes so that they feel just as supported as those that uh, went to Tokyo. And so regardless of the medals, I know that Team Canada in Beijing will inspire Canadians uh, because that's just what they do. So we'll, inspiration will come through from, you know, incredible performances, uh, memorable moments, medals on podiums, but we're still going to make sure that health and safety is the number one priority. Uh, and we're confident we can do that. And, um, and there's so many athletes to watch. There's so many mm-hmm. uh, really cool athletes to make sure that you check out. So, um, you know, gosh, where to start? So I, C- Cynthia Paya, she's um, she's actually in our brand campaign. So she's a bobsleigh uh, pilot, um, and so she's uh, she's competing in um, her Olympic debut is in Beijing. So she'll mm. be fabulous. Uh, Gilmore Junio, who we all know, long track speed skater, who famously gave up his spot in uh, 2014 in 100 meter to the teammate Denny Morris, and just mm. so good, uh, so he could inspire the rest of us. Um, uh, what else? Max Perot, two-time Olympic snowboarder, um, and uh, he's uh, a cancer survivor as well. So there's mm. there's inspiration right there. Um, and then the women and the men's hockey teams. I mean, who can't get excited about that? Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> Really, I mean, we are just a force to be reckoned with here in Canada, our hockey teams, and and just really excited about, uh, I know the women will bring it on as they always do. So lots well of great said. things to look out for. Yeah. I'm excited, yeah. Um, so let's wrap on um, <laughs> professional development advice. So, you know, somebody like you, you know, just a high performer, um, you know, there's got to be some some things that have served you well and and mm-hmm. uh, that are worth passing along and uh, love to hear your thoughts on just you know, professional development. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I do have a few thoughts on that. I mean, first of all, I really think that opportunity, it looks like a whole lot of hard work. I really do think that um, I don't believe in shortcuts. I think uh, your passion will drive you if you really care. Uh, that, that you'll just do wonderful things, but uh, take advantage of the opportunities around you to try your hand at absolutely everything. Just get in the door. Don't worry about your title, what they're paying you. Get in the door, and it's amazing what you can learn, and your your career will take off. Um, what I didn't mention earlier is that, or you might have done the math yourself, but I was an intern when I was 31 years old. I was by far the oldest intern. <laughs> I was so far behind all of my friends I'd gone to Western with because I'd been out west skiing for nine years. Yeah. But it didn't matter. Like I just really wanted to do the job. I was so excited to be there. And it, it look, it served me well. So I really think that, that that matters. And I think related to that is that don't worry, the right people are always watching. So again, mm-hmm. just do a really good job, work hard, show up as yourself, be humble, be authentic, be curious, ask lots of questions. And the right people, they're watching. They'll make sure. Yeah. They I believe that. I've seen it. I've said the exact same thing. Well said. Listen, uh, what a treat. I mean, I've, uh, I love these chats on a personal level because 
it feel like, you know, there's there's always a bit of a shield and, you know, you know people, but you don't know people. And I, mm-hmm. I find some fascinating insights, um, but I've been looking forward to finally getting you on. And um, and it's been a wonderful chat with tons of great insights. So thank you so much for doing it. Thank you, Gavin. It's uh, been a great opportunity and nice to see your success. These uh, podcasts are they're great for the sport community so and the sponsorship community. So thank you. Thank you.